0: The following audio drama is rated G, for general audiences, and is suitable for all ages.
1: This is a and audio production, where entertainment is always free.
2: I suppose it is not entirely without merit, though not particularly within a distance to which you have become accustomed and rather wild. The with... house is swell, Atherton. Listen to this. <clears throat>
3: Situated a comfortable distance from City Center. Eddington Quarry? A good ten minute drive at the very least. Three miles is not that far, Nigel. <laughs> Now, as I was reading, down a quaint country lane.
2: Meaning a bad muddy road that one can barely get over without wellies. I'm sure it is quite lovely.
3: Surrounded by fields of wild flowers.
2: Weeds everywhere.
3: Ah, ah, ahem. Hm. The newly built cottage of modest... Small
2: and drafty. Oh, fawness but Nigel. Hmm. La-di-da-di-da, comfortably furnished. Odd, this advertisement has already used that word. How many ways can a house be comfortable, I wonder? Thousands of words at their disposal in the English language, and they come up with this. Quite shocking.
3: It goes on to say, A quaint red brick with white gables and a view over some sort of lake and woods. I think it sounds adorable,
2: and am going over to see it. Care to accompany me? On a three-mile walk in mud? Are you mad? Delightful, I'm sure. But there is that paper regarding the pearl requiring my attention.
4: May I have the honour, Miss
2: Worsley?
3: Hmm. The true gentleman is revealed as Three see...
2: miles! Imagine the state my shoes would be in. Cheerio, really? early cars. Nothing a bit of polishing would be unable to cure old boy. And as for the mud, I'm rather inclined to say I see none. It's everywhere, Atherton. <laughs> there are flowers carpeting the college. A phenomenon not possible without rain, which causes a few incidental moist places of sort. A few? That is a fool-on puddle, if ever I
0: saw one. Broken Sea Audio Productions presents Maudlin. Series 3, Episode 5, Clay Flowers
4: Are are you certain this house is a price that you can... uh, That is to say... Oh, I can afford it.
3: My parents left me quite a sum. Hasn't my apparel given you a hint?
4: Uh, It is quite flattering, I admit. But clothes were never of interest to me.
3: Yes... You are perpetually in blazes of academic garb. Not that the fluttering black gowns are not
4: intriguing in their own way. The sleeves get into everything. Try using a microscope with them. Good show the prof lets us take them all for labs.
3: <laughs> I cannot be rid of a mental picture of you leaping about with a butterfly net, trying to catch some rare species with those robes being tossed hither and thither.
4: No doubt I would cut quite a figure.
3: This town is so lovely. It is bound to inspire my writing. I think I might stay at least a year,
4: depending on visas. Well, I, uh, there, um, there. Great Scott. It came from the meadow over there. Stay there. Sounds like she's in trouble.
5: Help me, please.
4: Take a breath, madam. How may I assist you?
5: pursued. He seeks to capture me. Or worse.
4: Whom? Miss Worsley?
5: Hang it all, I'm not
4: waiting on my own when some unknown creature is about to attack. You should have stayed where it was safe. I'm safe with you. Don't try to change the subject.
5: Ah! There he is! I see no one. In the sky! The west wind!
4: Nonsense. Merely a, a, a wing-flying man? How very odd. He's swooping toward us. Ah! Come not near this lady.
3: Mr. DeBerg, throwing rocks at it just made the creature
4: angry. Rather.
3: Ah! Let go of me,
4: you How dare you please. seize Miss Worsley? Um, I demand you release her.
5: Straight away. Yeah.
4: Come. We must follow them.
5: He frightens me so. I cannot. Do buck up. He is Zephyrus, the West Wind. His brother had come for me, and they fought a dreadful battle, blowing over seven forests as a result. Good heavens! Then Zephyrus came after me. I have run for weeks. Oh, my poor feet! Hardly a lily springs from them now.
4: Not to be rude, madam, but each time you spoke, several roses drop from your lips, and, well, they are rather a lot about now, perhaps... We ought to move from this place before they overwhelm us.
5: Oh, yes. I'm sorry.
4: <laughs> they were going east. We'll try that direction. Can you walk?
5: I believe.
4: Wait. Say no more. We shall drown in these red petals. Merely not. Ve- very well. Blimey. The flowers are wasted now.
6: still, more perfect by the hour. Deep within the flower is a tiny chair, all fringed with gold, the fairy queen sits there.
7: Now, my sweet Chloris, we shall make love.
3: Now, look here! You ought to address me properly, and I find your attentions most displeasing. I am not
7: a nymph. I, I do not understand. Your floral raiment, glistening hair the color of gold, eyes as still as the forest pool.
3: Normally, this would be complimentary.
7: Flowers come not as you speak. No matter. Bit of an irritating aspect of Chloris if one thinks on it. You will have to do. Do?
3: Pardon me?
7: Humans are only interesting for so long, my love. should make the most of our encounter.
3: (laughs) I think not. You have already set my hair awry, insulted my honor, and finished off with the most terrible insults imaginable. If I were not a lady, you would be regretting those words this very
7: instant. Strange. In all the tales I have heard, mortals were most agreeable.
3: Come to a civilized tea, and I will show you cordiality, I assure you. Now, What precisely did you have in mind for Chloris, dare I inquire?
6: Their wings as if to declare would freedom ring
4: Capital morning, is it not? I don't mean to be a bother, sir, but have you perchance caught sight of a winged man carrying off a lady? No,
1: I dare say I'd remember if I had. Irish tea so early? Pardon?
4: He means... Something rather stimulating was added. Like daisy petals? Not exactly. Your
1: fair companion seems quite blown. Don't suppose you care to come in? Oh,
4: never mind. Mrs. Moore would object, no
1: doubt.
5: Your dwelling is near at hand?
4: A logical conclusion, considering his shoes are clean and he carries a newly lit pipe.
3: Quite so. In that case, I suggest you switch off. Miss are you unharmed? No thanks to this oversized
4: parakeet.
5: He is... mostly man.
1: Perhaps I had too much tea.
4: May I be so bold as to suggest there might be a, a misunderstanding? Tell me, Westwind, why were you pursuing this nymph?
7: Why to make her my, my wife a, why and why a goddess, of course. What did, what did you imagine? Did I need right, a right, dozen, dozen roses?
5: Uh, g- goddess? Oh, my.
4: By Jove, they faded right away. I hope this rift isn't expanding.
3: We might as well make the best of this. I do believe the house is right there across this. lane? Uh, rut? Wide Creek?
1: <laughs> Kiln's Lane, rather. Professor. It is nearly as poorly kept as French roads in the time of Louis the Fourteenth.
3: Wasn't he all about glitter and overdone paintings?
1: Even in the Palace of Versailles, it was rampant with fleas and small, drafty sleeping quarters. Not that the splendour and pomp was not present, but rather beyond what the peasants thought. Court life was not pleasure and romp all the day long. Indeed, my own family estate, while splendid to run about in as a boy, is not without rather drafty rooms either. Not that I am attempting to dissuade you from the neighbourhood.
3: You'll have to come to tea if I take the house.
1: I do apologise for the lack of proper introductions. She's from America, you see, and... I quite understand, though irregular. Allow me the honour of presenting myself.
4: Please do.
1: Hmm. I suppose Major Lewis will do for now.
4: Were you in the Great Wall, sir?
1: Quite. Miss Jane Worsley, Major Lewis.
3: Yes, he just told us.
1: Major Lewis, Miss Jane Worsley.
4: Charmed young lady. Now we really ought to be looking into that house before certain beings return. Oh, yes. Good day.
1: Lovely couple. Young people these days. Quite so. At least we know the neighbours are nice. Save for
4: this, Mrs. Moore.
3: Here we are. Mm Despite Nigel's misgivings, it is a quaint little cottage with fine gardens. I hope the housekeeper's in. I did ring her head. Hey, what's that, dearie? We're here about
4: the house. The horse? No horses here. The house.
5: The cottage to let. The horse? Oh, dear, dear, dear. There's no horses here. Cottage cottage? Of course it's a cottage. There's no need to shout, young man. May we see it? Seek it?
3: <laughs> no need. It's right here. I heard there was a view of the lake from the second story.
4: First story? It only has two. Yes,
3: that's what I said. The second story.
4: There's only one story above this.
3: Yes, the second. Eh? What's that, dear? May we see the
5: upstairs? Hairs? No, only apple trees in our garden. Would you like to see the first story? We're on it. <laughs> Not this again. Follow me, dearies. It's a comfortable little house.
3: Now we know who wrote the advertisement. This is the
6: hall. Very simple, of course.
3: You can put your own pictures up. Is there a sort of common room?
6: Loom? Do you weave, dear?
3: Um, parlor? sitting room. Arbor?
6: <laughs> no, there aren't any about Oxford. This is a medieval town,
5: my dear. <sighs> and here we have the parlor.
6: I find
4: it most attractive, particularly the room for books and shelves on the wall. Not to mention bay windows.
3: Must be most agreeable in here. The dining area is across this hall,
6: and beyond that is the kitchen. Would you be staying as housekeeper? Raining? No, quite sunny at the moment. Of course, I would do all the cooking, there's no need to worry. No,
3: of course not.
6: <laughs> Why would I? Now, upstairs are two bedrooms and a study. Mind your head. Ooh, to be shorter. This is the first bedroom. How bright
3: and cheerful. Oh yes, there is a view of that other house and the lake from here.
4: Not to mention the west wind.
3: Uh oh. We better get out there. Wetter?
6: No, as I said, it's quite sunny and. Uh,
0: where did you go? Hello?
4: I do hope we are in time. We could be doing anything to her at this moment.
5: Oh, Zephyr. How I adore you. What? You were correct, oh mortal. I merely did not understand him properly. To be a real goddess. No longer merely a nymph and an object, but a person. Look
3: here. You can be yourself even as a nymph.
4: No, Miss Worsley. I've heard of them before. In their world, nymphs are a little better than furnishings or possessions. She is quite right.
5: With Sephirus, I have my freedom. And I will be cherished instead of trodden underfoot.
7: I shall make you my queen of flowers. And in all of my wanderings over this earth, I shall find for you the most beautiful and exotic of all blooms to tend.
0: Oh, how
4: I love you.
3: I suppose all's well that ends well, but really, I... Haven't a very high opinion of him in the least.
4: I must admit, to marry and make a nymph into a goddess it's quite a decent thing for him to do.
3: Well, I think she has her work cut out for her. Men are often fickle creatures, wings or no.
4: You paint me with this same devastating brush.
3: No. Or rather, I hope not. Could you be loyal to one person your entire life?
4: I do believe I could.
3: I hope you find her.
2: cottage will do. Marvellous having you close. Thank you, Mr Atherton. Do ring if you need a lift. I'll bring a motor car around. Can't have you walking all that way. Or a horse we could go riding.
3: yee
2: Do keep it down, Westbrook.
3: My own two feet will serve me just fine. Besides, I need the exercise with all the sitting and typing I do.
2: Miss Worsley, Mr DeBerg, you frequent the Bird and Baby? I would not go so far as to say frequent. Twice a day falls into the definition, I do believe. <laughs>
1: Quite. Might I inquire if you took the house?
3: I did, thank you. Suppose you'll have to take me up on the tea now.
1: Rather, I shall bring my brother along if he is to be had. Must be off. Good afternoon.
6: Bye.
2: Pleasant sort of fellow. He's not one of the fellows. Pardon? Worsley is only upset that his marks won't get him the Medieval Literature Fellowship next year. What if Colchester nabs it? I shall never lift my head again. <laughs>
4: <laughs> or we could all be surprised and Atherton gets it. Colchester ought to. His father would never let him alone. How can you defend that? That. rake? De Burg
3: defends everyone, Nigel.
2: I'd better go help Jane move her things out of the hotel, I suppose.
3: Swell! And then you can take me shopping.
2: I mean, I'm I'm very busy at the moment, and De will help her with the trunks.
4: Oh no, I'm not assisting you out of this one. She's your cousin.
0: Maudlin, Series Three, Episode Five, Clay Flowers, featuring the voice talent of Mark Colita as Percy Atherton.
2: Tea and biscuits at Miss Worsley's. I wouldn't serve
0: biscuits, cake, muffins. Peter Franson as John Westbrook.
7: Wait, Jane, you do know biscuits are cookies and sweet sorts of things, right?
0: Really? I thought they were like hard tack, all chalky. David MacGyver as Nigel Worsley.
2: I'll bring the clotted cream.
0: Stephen J. Cohen as Walter De Berg.
4: And I shall bring the flowers. Just no more roses, please.
0: Kim Gianopolis as Miss Jane Worsley. Hmm. Maybe the house is drafting. Lynn Cullen as the housekeeper. Don't I get a name? Um, I don't know. What about Hill? Mrs. Hill. Keep thinking, young lady. Michael Hudson as Major W. H. Lewis.
1: Is that a Pride and Prejudice reference I spy?
0: <laughs> Guilty. Bruce Bosby as Lord David Cecil. I
7: approve wholeheartedly.
0: Christina J. Boyd as Cloris.
5: the goddess of flowers now
0: Paul Lavelle as Zephyrus the West Wind Written, cast, and directed by Alexa Chipman Produced, engineered, and co-directed by Stevie K. Farnaby Music by Spare Parts at bfv.com slash spareparts and Blackmore's Night at blackmoresnight.com spelled M-O-R-E Please visit their websites to purchase entire albums and support independent artists. Remember Brokensea.com is your address for more behind-the-scenes of Maldon and other audio drama offerings. This is not in any way affiliated with Modlin College and is for entertainment purposes only. Released in 2010.
1: We'll be deploying at over 70,000 feet. The suits will supply us with oxygen and maintain our body temperature. Air is almost non-existent at this altitude, and the negative pressure would literally boil your blood.
4: I'm scared, sentient. I'm scared too, friend.
3: Distance to target 11,000 meters.
6: Alright then. Here we go, Nathaniel. Ready? Jump. The wait is finally over. Leviathan City exists at over 35,000 feet under the ocean.
5: Tell me what is hidden here, Evangeline. The pieces are in place.
6: It is the sanctuary for a group of immortals that have existed there for the last thousand years. I
5: regret that I have kept certain
6: aspects of our mortal existence secret. And soon, that which is hidden.
4: That is, until one group decided to leave Paradise. And live amongst humanity
6: will now be revealed.
4: It's now or never.
6: And one secret
4: Black Door
1: is the only thing that stands in the way of the genocide of the human race.
6: Will ignite a war <laughs> that will span the globe. What are those things?
1: Black Door knows we're in Tibet.
5: More guard this is Evangeline. And not everyone... Please, we
6: ...will get out
5: alive.
1: I am so sorry, McCowan. Fire again!
6: Fire everything!
2: I have wanted to do this for over a millennia.
6: <gasps>
2: Why would Evangeline want an army?
6: I fear something very sinister is hovering around
2: Leviathan. It's time to get ready for war.
6: On May 26th, Chapter 25, the season finale of The Leviathan Chronicles, will drop. Go to iTunes or www.leviathanchronicles.com to listen
5: to current episodes and get ready for the biggest chapter in the Leviathan saga.
4: I want to live...